Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. And this morning, we are kicking off the 2018-19 school year, and I have two very special guests, Dr. Michael Latusik and Dr. Lillian Nicoretti. Dr. Latusik is the diocesan superintendent, and Dr. Nicoretti is the assistant superintendent for administration. So Dr. Latusik and Nicoretti, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you. And Dr. Latusik, let's uh, we're we're talking about the uh, Diocese of Pittsburgh and the school's office and the Diocese of Pittsburgh operates the fourth largest system of schools in Pennsylvania. And there's about 17,000 students and nearly 1,500 teachers in 66 elementary, pre-K, and special schools. And there's 12 uh, secondary or high schools. And Catholic schools in the recent years have faced enrollment and financial challenges, yet it remains one of the best ways for the church to help young people learn Jesus, love Jesus, and to live Jesus. And Catholic schools also prepare students for the life through the academic excellence and discipline of gospel values. And to continue to strengthen our Catholic education for students and families, and also our communities, the Diocesan Office for Catholic Schools is implementing the groundbreaking governance model called school regionalization, and it's shown a promising early success in the elementary schools. And Dr. Lutusik, let's first talk about uh, the value of Catholic education, beginning with our school's strong academic spiritual values and service to ours. Would you like to uh, relate to yes. that? Father Burke, as you said earlier, our Catholic schools are one of the best ways that uh, the church brings young people into the relationship with Jesus and preparing them for life. Uh, Catholic schools and dioceses provide spiritual formation that encourages virtue, academic excellence, and leads to success in higher education. Gospel values promote respect, compassion, and service. And we have dedicated teachers that integrate into every subject. The emphasis is placed, you know, faith in every, their subjects and uh, emphasis on critical thinking skills, problem-solving, decision-making, and our schools all meet high standards of student achievement. We develop students' unique God-given gifts and encourage them to give back to their communities. All the learning activities are focused on the full development of young people for the welfare of society and the building of the kingdom of God. And as a, a product of Catholic education and public, I have best of both worlds, uh, the former St. Norbert School in Overbrook growing up and then a graduate from Carrick High School, City High School. I know that the value of that foundation of Catholic schools really was my formation in formative years. And there's so many wonderful Catholic schools, public schools, private schools, charter schools. But the Catholic schools really stand out in our diocese. Would you agree, Dr. Nicoretti? Uh, absolutely, Father. Uh, our Catholic schools are more than a place to gain academic knowledge. And so obviously while a strong educational program is essential, Catholic schools are special because they are communities of faith as well as knowledge. So the Catholic schools in the Diocese of Pittsburgh operate in an environment that fosters the development of the whole person and this generally is understood to be the Catholic school advantage because all of the elements supporting a child's education, 
um, are there in our Catholic schools and may not be available in other educational institutions. There's a different different environment just to be able to start the day off with prayer and be, in the midday to, before you go to lunch to pray and then before you leave school, just that extra prayer to be able to talk about God, the morals, the values, um, just that extra personal touch that, that you're not just a number especially in a large public school system, uh, there's a different feel in Catholic education. That's right, Father. And NCEA has actually uh, conducted numerous surveys, uh, obviously relative to the aspects of Catholic education. But what they have found is that the Catholic school students are more likely to pray daily, attend church more often, retain a Catholic identity as an adult, uh, and you know, obviously be more involved with their church. Yeah, NCA is National Catholic Education Association. Those are some impressive statistics about um, that there's always been a high graduation rate um, with college attendance. Um, our students are very well prepared for any time. The, the testing scores are just very impressive. So these are real actual statistics from the National Catholic Education Association, right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, one of the most recent surveys found that 99% of our students who uh, attend uh, high school graduate, a Catholic high school uh-huh. graduate, and of those graduating students, 86 attend a four-year college. So uh, it is obviously a, a school environment that does not only uh, bring our students to their faith in Jesus Christ, but it is helping to prepare them um, in their future careers as well. And I really have been really blessed to be able to um, serve as a priest for 17 years in our diocese and the various um, ministries that I've done and going into the schools and being former co-vocation director to go into the high schools and to give talks, vocation talks. These kids are solid, and it's really impressive to walk on uh, any of the campuses, whether if it's uh, an elementary school or high school setting, and just opening up the door, thank you, Father, um, being polite, uh, raising their hand. It, when you walk the halls and go into the classrooms, go down to the cafeteria, go into the gym, attend a sporting event, it's just there's just a simple loving, family-nurturing atmosphere. Would you agree, Dr. Latusa? I think, uh, Father, one of the things we emphasize is we believe that our parents are our child's Mm. first teacher. Absolutely. And engagement of parents and and families in the church and in the school is key because it's not an isolated place, but we engage, hopefully, the role model of the parents as the first teachers of their child is so critical. I'm going to add anything on to that? Well, I would certainly um, add as well, Father, that This is a very safe and nurturing uh, environment. It it is a disciplined environment where students and teachers create that special bond of caring for one another. Now that we are in September, we have um, the On Mission for the Church Alive process will be taking effect October 15th. And Bishop Zubik has said that the church is stronger when the parishes and the schools work together to carry out the mission that Jesus entrusts to us in our baptism. And until recently, many parishes and schools ran their own ministry separately, and some schools have had friendly sports rivals. Now that we are beginning the uh, regionalization process, how 
how are we carrying on and teaming up um, with the traditions with instead of the parish model, the regionalization model? Well, one of the important things we have to know is uh, Catholic schools were started, held, run by parishes. They were mm-hmm. all single parish schools. And as time has moved on, many of those schools have closed. So, for example, in the North Hills, uh, we, the regional model was brought there. But in the North Hills, there's 32 parishes, but they support seven schools. So a parish, single parish is not associated with one school, but those 32 parishes now support the seven schools in that area so that every, every parish has a connection to schools in the region to support them and, and, and be part of that process and tying both the church and the school together. As we're moving forward with the regional model, uh, we're looking in the east area where we're looking at uh, currently 14 schools that will be supported by 57 parishes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's a much larger direction, and we're moving forward with that. Hopefully, uh, at the beginning of next year, we will be regionalizing that area, which is a new governance model. And I just want to emphasize that the regionalization is not a model of closing schools or merging schools, but getting schools and parishes to work together to support Catholic education in that region and in the diocese. And as a pastor, and always, you know, the finances are the key thing as a pastor to run a parish and a school. And let me tell you, being in my former assignment at St. James in Swickley and going through the first year of the North Hills Regional School System of St. James and Swickley. It went very smoothly. And the, the school, everyone was like, is it different? It Business as usual. I mean, the, we had the school on our campus, but it was the governing, governance. Uh, the principal uh, reported to the regional director versus the pastor. But I still was able to say weekly masses and roam the halls and go down to the cafeteria. And the, it was really neat. And the other pastors in the area we're welcome to to come in because it was it's not just a parish school anymore it's a regional school and it ran very efficient i thought it was very successful now being at st bede and point breeze i'm looking forward for the eastern region uh, to come on board and i think it it's a great great model for the pastors but also for the people too yeah, we're looking forward to it, and it's it's developed some real partnerships with us and some real advantages of teachers from various schools working together in a region and sharing resources and working, and it's a way we've really been able to enhance instruction and education with through collaboration and partnerships. And cut down on costs, um, work with books, supplies, uh, maintenance, um, share faculty resources. It's everyone, instead of competing with one another, you're working with one another. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Father, uh, the students will see very little change in their day-to-day routine. And as you said, it is a governance structure that how we organize and work our schools work together with parishes and making it more efficient. Yeah. And you said that the uh, right before we went on the air this morning that the North Hills region ended in the, in the black right. for their it's fiscal safe. year, which is very encouraging. And that's what it's all about. It's about balancing the books, running things uh, efficient. And moving forward, uh, looking forward for the east and then the south and then the western part of the diocese. It's a work in progress, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, it, it's the, the kids um, don't see anything different. The parents wouldn't see anything different. Um, it just runs more efficient with that. And um, neighbor helping neighbor as we... And what together. we've learned is the best practices in some school are now shared with others and they learn from each other. 
Good. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll continue on uh, talking about uh, the school system. Back with more Catholic Education Plus in a moment. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, Administrator of St. Bede Parish in Point Breeze, and with me this morning is Dr. Michael Latusik, who is the Diocesan Superintendent of Catholic Schools, and Dr. Lillian Nicoretti. She is the Assistant Superintendent uh, for Administration, and we're focusing on kicking off the the new school year for 2018 and 19, and now that we're uh, starting the new month of September and the new month of school year, school just started this past week, and kids are enjoying Labor Day weekend and then getting back to work um, on Tuesday. Dr. Nicoretti, let's talk a little bit about the academic curriculum and the technology. There's there's too many Catholic schools to mention by name, but let's focus on uh, the academic curriculum and, and the wonderful technology that's available in our Catholic schools. Well, Catholic education uh, is challenging from the perspective that we have high expectations for all of our students, and so specifically in the area of technology, while we have a state-of-the-art technology equipment in relation to 3D printers, uh, Chromebooks, et cetera, the essence of who we are and what we do is rooted in that curriculum. And so the curriculum itself in instruction in our Catholic schools is permeated with religious and moral values that are promoted in the gospel. So uh, from that perspective, the students will explore their faith in all of their classes, whether it be any classes related to and about technology, to sciences, to literature, etc. So they have an opportunity to participate in these spiritual activities. And we are very pleased and very um, blessed to know that our faculty members address the needs of all of our students. And so while there are high expectations for all students and our, the, our staffs are fully qualified and, and dedicated, they address the needs of all children, whether they are children who perhaps need um, instruction that would be differentiated for their particular need, uh, challenging perhaps in some areas, but the, the essence of who we are and what we do is the fact that each one of our children are individuals, and we address all of their needs from that individual perspective. So it's not just the, the basic reading, writing, uh, math, science, and arithmetic, but also the, the religion, plus the updated computers and smart boards and technology, the stream labs, all of these things. It's, it's like an ongoing procedure to you got to keep updating with the times, and Catholic education is right there with with keeping up with what the um, other major, larger school districts. Absolutely, are. and we encourage then all of our students to discover their own gifts and talents uh, and share them with others. That's a, a key uh, component of mm-hmm. what we do as uh, Catholic educators and as Catholic students. It is that issue of being in service to one another. They have wonderful service projects, fundraisers throughout the year. That's right. The various different um, diocesan activities, Chimbote fundraisers and and Bishop's Education Fund, things like that. And then plus um, after-school programs and clubs and music, art, uh, band, athletics. 
well-rounded. That's uh, absolutely That's correct, available Claudia. in all of our schools, right. both in the elementary and secondary schools. And Dr. Latusik, let's focus on the financial aspect because a lot of people say it's too expensive now for me to send, for me to send uh, my child or grandchild to a Catholic school. How would you respond to that statement? Uh, there's, there's a number of resources out there to help families to send their children to one of our Catholic schools. And, you know, it's sticker shock. It becomes a problem sometimes mm-hmm. until you explore. There's options that are out there. And if you look at the tuition rates in many of our schools, there there's uh, discounts for families with one or two or three mm-hmm. children or whatever to support them. Uh, our tuition, you know, really just supports 60% of the budget of a school. But there are other funding resources that are available. One of the biggest we have is the Bishop's Education Fund. Uh, you know, through the Church of Life campaign, we were able to add $13 million to that fund that we draw annually interest from that to distribute to families and children in our schools as one of the avenues to help support families. Uh, the other is we, we have a financial aid package that families apply through the fax system to apply for financial aid. And based on family income and need, we are able to distribute, you know, the Bishop's Education Fund, and also our state funding that allows us to do that. The state funding comes through the earned income tax credit. But the, the issue with that is we have to look for donors that are willing to apply and defer their state tax money and earmark it for the Catholic schools. And we raise that money every year. And uh, fortunately, and we've been very pleased to have Deacon Jack Miller work mm-hmm. with us. And over the past year, he's raised an, uh, over $6 million in the process uh, that we're able to distribute to our families through financial need based on their need and any you know issue that may come up to help our families stay in school. We work very hard to do that. Unfortunately, we're at the point that we have a, demonstrated a need of $14 million, and there's an $8 million gap, but we look every year to raise those funds to help support our families, and, and we encourage our families. We would, you know, If there's a need or if there's an issue, we would like to help support you and keep you in our Catholic schools any way we can. And the families can also talk to their local parish, too, because there's certain parishes that have angel funds, various scholarships that are available, uh, plus uh, various Catholic organizations uh, like the Knights of Columbus, the Sarah Club. Uh, There's some essay contests. There's so many various scholarships like like college uh, that you would apply for the elementary and secondary schools that really can help parents out and then various fundraisers that the schools do to help the parents to offset the cost. And every little bit adds up to mean a lot. And we have some tremendous donors that have donated to help us with any family in need that are private donors just to donate to help keep our kids in our schools. So no one would be turned away. You know, there is help available. And um, as I said, the pastors, the principals, the parent-teacher guilds, everyone is invested in in the quality of the Catholic education for for the students. It's total support of everyone. What a great way to kick off the new school year, having both of you here this morning. And I'm really excited for another great school year and, uh, and, and looking forward to the future for their diocese and also for next month's with On Mission for the Church Alive as our parishes are grouped together, neighbors connecting with neighbors. Um, all the priests will be starting their new assignments and uh, get ready for another school year. So we're working hard and Looking forward for another one. Dr. Latusik and Nicoretti, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Burke, and thank you for all you do. Back with more Catholic Education Plus in a moment. Hi, my name is Phyllis Haney. I'm the director of the Office for the Protection of Children and Young People in the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. 
Safety and protection of our children is the first priority in Catholic schools and in religious education programs in our parishes. I'd like to take a moment to share with you how the church protects children. All employees and adult volunteers of Catholic schools and religious education programs in the diocese must complete a series of steps. First, they apply to be entered into the diocesan database. They must pass the Pennsylvania Child Abuse History Background Check and the State Police Criminal Record Check. All employees and volunteers complete a three-hour workshop entitled Protecting God's Children, Learning How to Recognize and Prevent Abuse. They also take a three-hour training course in mandated reporting of suspected child abuse. All must read and sign the Code of Pastoral Conduct, a reporting of child abuse, and the Child Protective Services Law of Pennsylvania. Additionally, school employees complete an Act 24 clearance reporting any arrests and convictions and an Act 168 clearance disclosing any child abuse or sexual misconduct in previous jobs. Lastly, school employees undergo an FBI fingerprint certification. School volunteers who have lived in the state for at least 10 consecutive years and have clean records can sign a waiver. Safe environment coordinators in every parish enforce policies. An independent team of auditors visits the diocese every three years to ensure compliance. Each year between those audits, diocesan staff visit parishes and schools. Also, students are taught specific lessons on safety. Any suspected abuse may be reported to Childline, which is staffed 24-7. The number is one 800 932-0313. Working together, we will continue to protect God's children. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring the 2018 Diocesan Pilgrimage to Washington, D.C. This is coming up just in a couple weeks, folks, Saturday, September 15th, and various buses are leaving around the diocese, and uh, it's a wonderful bus trip in visit Washington, D.C., and the National Shrine. Bishop Zubik will be saying Mass at 3 o'clock. There's wonderful tours, and there's sacred music, there's concerts, Holy Hour, and personal tours of the National Shrine. If you've been on this, you know it's a nice little bus trip. If you have never been to the National Shrine in Washington, D.C., you are in for a wonderful treat. And there's various buses around the uh, diocese, um, St. Paul Cathedral in Oakland, out in Plum and Carnegie, Upper St. Clair and White Oak, McKeesport, Munhall, Check the uh, Pittsburgh Catholic and also your local parish. So that's the 2018 Diocesan Pilgrimage to Washington, D.C. Visit the National Shrine September 15th, and Bishop Zubik will be joining them. So we'll see you there in Washington, D.C. in a few weeks. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 630 right here on KDK Radio.